Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Lindsay Pinchuk. Lindsay is the founder of Bump Club and Beyond, a digital platform that for over the last decade has connected parents with the best products, resources, information, and each other. For nearly 10 years prior to BCB, Lindsay worked in publishing, advertising, and marketing at Hearst, MTV, Tribune, and Time for brands including Good Housekeeping, Red Book, Sports Illustrated, the Chicago Tribune, and Nickelodeon. And what started as a community among moms in Chicago with BCB grew into a national company reaching over half a million parents and parents-to-be, which was acquired last year by Advantage Marketing Solutions. BCD has worked with almost every brand in the baby industry and has created and executed custom activations for Target, Nordstrom, The Honest Company, 7th Generation, Ulta, and many others. Today, we're going to talk about founding a community-driven online and events business, working with remote employees who serve as ambassadors for your brand, and what brands need to know about marketing to parents. We'll learn what's worked from Lindsay's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses miss the mark. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. You have created a phenomenal company. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that is amazing what you've accomplished. Thank you. And you know, honestly, like I, when I started it and as I've built it, it's really been to like fit the bill for myself. I mean, I, I wanted community and support when I was pregnant. And so really that's how it started. And now even as I have a nine-year-old, we're addressing topics you know, for grade schoolers now. So it's really grown with me as a parent and with me and my peers in mind. And, you know, as, as hard as I work and as hard as my team works, um, you know, it's, it's almost like it's not work because it, it really is something I'm passionate about. And I think I just want to make parenthood a better place for, you know, for parents and parents to be. And I, and I really hope that we do that. And I think, I do think that we do. So um, that's ultimately the goal. So you just gave us a glimpse and kind of how this started. You, you were pregnant and you wanted solutions that you were looking for. How much was this driven by your background? You know, you've been very part of marketing and advertising for quite a bit of your career. For sure. So it's interesting because it, there's two folds here. So part of it was, you know, I was pregnant and wanted support and community. And I also was being marketed to on, you know, multiple times a day. I mean, expectant moms are a marketer's dream. I mean, they really, they are looking to purchase so many new items. They are vulnerable. Um, you know, they're in this new life stage that they really don't know anything about, um, especially if they're a first time parent. And I, I felt like I was being thrown messages left, right, and center. And um, it was really hard to decipher what was good and what wasn't good and what I could trust and what I couldn't trust. So, you know, a lot of my decision to do that was not just for the community and the support, but also to build this trusted resource that I could count on and my peers could count on as well. 
And as we moved into the first couple of events that we hosted here in Chicago, my background played a huge role in it um, because I was reaching out to companies that, you know, I, I was reaching out blindly, but that was my job previous. I mean, it, it actually at the time I was, I was starting my company and working in publishing still, but um, you know, I was selling these multi-platform programs to fortune 100 companies and I had no shame in calling up a bottle brand and saying, this is what we're doing. Would you like to get on board? And um, so a lot of what we did, especially in the beginning and really, I mean, now as we've grown, um, does play off my background in marketing and advertising and my master's degree in integrated marketing communication. So that all really played a role um, in how this got started. And I, I often <laughs> joke that um, really I didn't utilize my master's degree until I started my own company. So your company really has two, two different separate um, offerings. You have the online world and then you have a whole opportunity of event activations where you work with some of the largest retailers in the world to help them better get in front of parents. Yes. Yeah. So, and really when we start, so when I started this, it was really only events. You have to remember too, um, Bump Club has seen a lot and so have I by way of social media and marketing and transitions. Um, when I started Bump Club, businesses didn't have business Facebook pages. There wasn't such a thing. And, you know, it was, me putting this out on my personal Facebook page and sending an email, you know, Instagram didn't exist. Snapchat didn't exist. TikTok was not even probably a thought at that point. So things were very different then than they are now. Um, so yeah. So I, when I first started, this was really events only, and it was to build in-person relationships, partially because I felt like I didn't want only online relationships when I, when I was pregnant and then had my baby. And I wanted to meet um, women and men who, you know, my family could forge friendships with and our kids could form forge friendships with. And that happened. And that still does happen at Bump Club. Um, but obviously, as we've grown, like, and word has spread, and we've been working with some of like, the largest brands, you know, in the country, um, the word has gotten out and people want what we're offering. And being a lean team and being a small business up until we were acquired last year, you know, I didn't have a team to be, you know, executing events on a regular basis in hundreds and hundreds of cities across the country. So it was only natural that as social media platforms grew and the ability to reach more people in a short amount of time grew that we adapted to not only hosting events in person, but also to sharing the information that we're trusted for and the resources that we're known for in an online arena as well. And obviously social media has played a huge role in allowing us to do that. And with that scale, I know, you know, you were acquired last year, but that's not when you started throwing events. How did you handle with having a small team? How, were you bringing in, you know, freelancers to work with you? Like how were you positioning, you know, Bump Club to be able to work in this city or that city in this city when you only lived in one city? Right. So when we were traveling to different cities, so we basically had two event tours um, up until the time that we were acquired that we would actually travel to different cities for these bigger events. Um, one of them was an event tour that's a bump club um, endemic. It's our own, it's our own signature event called Girapalooza. And we did that event in 15 cities over the course of a year. So every year it was kind of a different tour. I would go to each of them and um, I have an events director who would handle all of the logistics and deal with all of that. 
And then when we got to each city, we would either hire moms through our community to work on an hourly basis to help us roll out the event. And then in some cities, we do have mom market leaders. Um, we have about 11 of them across, 11 or 12 of them across the country. So like in LA, we have two. In Denver, we have one. And when we would go to those cities, that mom market leader was really the right-hand person to our events director, allowing us to roll out this event um, you know, across 15 different cities. And then our other event series that we traveled with was our Target event series. Mm -hmm. um, we have a longstanding relationship with Target. And um, up until the time we were acquired, it was only 20 events in a year. So we would go to 20 different stores throughout the country. Mm -hmm. And we would take turns, um, either me or a colleague of mine would take turns and really, we had a blueprint of execution, and we just we kind of just knew what had to be done, and a lot of the logistics were planned at our headquarters, mm -hmm. and everything was kind of ready and waiting for the person who was going to execute. And again, we would have local moms that were part of our community that we would pay hourly to help us execute on the ground. So you really have been working with a virtual workforce for quite some time before yeah. most people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And. Um, like even like our mom market leaders who are more um, permanent fixtures in the bump club landscape. I mean, they, they started, I'm trying to think when it was like maybe seven, six, seven years ago when we started really working with like moms to kind of take a hold of bump club in their cities. Um, at first, like we would do it on trade and they were like, they weren't, I wouldn't say they were volunteers cause they were getting compensation, but it was usually compensation from like our, our sponsors and products and, then it turned into hourly. And, and so, yes, to answer your question, yes. I mean, we have been working um, in a virtual space for a very long time and really, you know, rolling out plans across different groups of people managed by our corporate team in Chicago. Was it hard to keep and is it hard to keep that virtual remote team engaged year round? Or what do you do to kind of keep them, you know, close to your heart and participating in Bump Club on an ongoing basis. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because we've had some different iterations of the virtual, like of the mom market leaders. Mm -hmm. um, when we first started them years and years and years ago, I think we kind of put the cart before the horse and that was a mistake that we made was, mm -hmm. you know, we, we hired people and we just started doing events in these cities and we kind of thought like, oh, if we build it, they'll come. And it really, it didn't happen. That, that was not what, what happened. What, and, and so with that, a lot of those original people kind of got frustrated and fizzled out. Mm -hmm. But then what ended up happening was we, we embarked on these relationships with Target, with Nordstrom, with Honest Company that really helped us to help to put us on the map in a more national mm -hmm. way. And when that happened and we started getting the traction from more people in more cities and taking Palooza to more cities, that was when we said, okay, what are our most, what are our most successful events and where are they located? And then we went and hired mom market leaders in those cities to kind of capitalize on that momentum that we were building within the community. And since then, um, I would say that probably was like 2016 through 2017. A lot of the mom market leaders that started with us at that time are still with us today um, and came with us through the acquisition. And we have hired a few more. Um, we do have someone now that runs the mom marketer, like the mom, the mom marketer, the market leader team basically um, and she does a very good job like keeping them engaged through resources and um, ideas and strategies and activations and it's mm -hmm. definitely more of a concrete program now than it was you know five, four or five years ago that's awesome so on another subject 
you are all things parent. And I know in this whole environment right now, there's so many businesses that are suffering and you and I had touched base on this when we talked earlier. You're not one of those businesses that is going to be as concerned potentially as many others because there are still babies happening on a daily basis, maybe even more thanks to COVID. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that we're not concerned. I think everyone is concerned right now given the environment and, and the state of just the world we're living in. And I think, you know, you always want to take a look at what's going on and, and make changes to adapt to those concerns. But to your point, the one thing that I have said and the one thing that I will continue saying, um, I've said it since March 12th was the first time I said it, is pregnancy is not canceled. Like pregnancy and parenting, there is no pause, there's no cancellation. And instead of sitting back and saying, okay, well, we can't see you in person and we can't host our events. So like, sorry to those who are pregnant right now. Um, you know, we have done a very big pivot. I mean, a total 180 in, in the course of, a week, we took an event that we were doing with Target and it was supposed to be in 300 locations on March 21st across the country. And we turned it into an online event. And um, from those 300 in-store events, I think we ended up having 10 online events and they were wildly successful. And it just proved to me that expectant parents and parents do want this information right now. They need it they're home, they're worried, especially yeah. first time expectant parents. And we you know, really put a stake in the ground and said, we are gonna be here for you and we are gonna continue on our mission to support you no matter what. Um, and we have, and like from that, like we just renewed our target um, activation. We're gonna do it in Q2 as well and a bigger, like on a bigger scale, we're rolling out new content with them. And we've also turned a lot of our other content into online events, webinars, Facebook Lives, different chats, interviews. Mm -hmm. um, we really have repurposed our content, not only to serve from a content and resource standpoint, mm -hmm. but also to serve from a community standpoint. Um, we have a bunch of community pages that are offshoots of our Facebook page, and I've seen those grow tremendously as well. And we're trying to engage our community in conversation and to facilitate conversation mm -hmm. um, amongst them, because I don't want to lose that sense of community just because we're virtual and online. Right. Um, so we really have, you know, made a big statement to say that we're going to continue this with our audience and our audience has seen significant growth from it. That's awesome. Thank you. Now, when you started this whole thing, you were pregnant and your business was focused on babies and it's not anymore. Your ch children, you have two, yes. uh, you said a nine and a six year old, your business yes. has continued growing and it's kind of following the footsteps of you as a parent of what you're learning, what you're encountering, and you're evolving your company to keep up with what parents who started with you even back when you started this company are experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So how does that impact you? How does that yeah. change as a business? Because it's not just, oh, today we're always this and five years we're always this too. Yeah, I mean, so we've always had to change, right? Like to, to embrace, you know, different technologies and social media and whatnot. And also to change with the different um, mental, like, like, the, like just like the different, con con I guess, consumerism of parenting, like has changed a lot in the last 10 years. And we've had to make significant changes to adapt to, to that as well. Um, but to your point, as our audience has grown, you know, I, one of the mistakes I think that I have, that we did make was that we didn't 
continue growing with our audience early on as much as I wanted to. And that was more of a bandwidth issue. That was not because I didn't want to, but I mean, that was just, I didn't have the capacity to do it. And you know, the heart and soul of our business is expectant new and toddler parents. Um, but as my kids have grown, like you said, I have had different needs and my peers have had different needs. And we have also seen a lot of our initial audience members have maintained engagement with Bump Club, um, which is why we do a lot of just mom-centric content and not only for expectant and you know, new parents. We also encourage our seasoned moms to share advice to the new moms and expectant moms to keep them engaged. Um, but so we really it has taken a lot longer to get to that point mm -hmm. of talking to school age moms and truly through COVID. I, I mean, like last year, I would say we did one or two webinars for school age parents. We did one on anxiety, which was very successful. And we did one on bullying, which was also very successful. Mm -hmm. um, but now because of COVID, we are amping up our content a lot and we are providing resources and like sharing, you know, virtual classes and book clubs and things that are, are that I'm like utilizing as a parent. Um, and actually we are about to make our biggest leap into the parent grade school kids space um, this summer. And, and really it goes along with the lines of that I, I have wanted to grow our, um, our content for this audience. Mm -hmm. And so we are, we announced last week that we're going to do a virtual camp this summer. So um, it's called Camp Beyond, and we are going to be providing content for parents throughout the summer with kids ages four to 10 to keep them engaged and on a schedule and structured. So it's not going to be annoying because it's not going to be like annoying, like e-learning, like, like I'm having a hard time with like the e-learning, the e but I think everyone is just adapting to that. It's really meant to be um, a vehicle to give you structure and ideas for engaging your kids in the summer. Um, without, you know, having to turn in assignments and whatnot and getting credit and move, you know, to move on to the next grade. Um, but there's going to be a lot of content on our website. And I think, I hope that that projects us into a place where, you know, after the summer and maybe even after this, we are providing more content for parents of grade school kids. That's awesome because I know, you know, you see all the memes, you hear all the comments from moms who are now drinking, they're joking at 9 a.m. when their day starts. Some of them might not be joking, right? Uh, but usually summer's a time where kids are going off to day camps and they have activities and you have your child planned out from what they're doing from 9 to 12. You're picking them up. You're taking them somewhere else. Now they're somewhere at from 1 to 5 and woohoo! You don't have that necessarily in most states, most likely, this year. No. And I, I mean, my oldest actually goes to overnight camp mm -hmm. and she's nine and this would have been her third summer. She started really early and I, like I went to camp my whole life as well. And so for her, especially, this is a really big departure. I mean, she's used to going away for the whole, like mm -hmm. she doesn't go the whole summer. She goes a month, yeah. but she's used to going away and having independence. And yeah. this summer she is stuck home. And not only is she stuck home, like she can't even really hang out with her friends, at least not right now. So, you know, I, I really do hope that through some of these activities, we are helping not only parents, but kids to, you know, maintain some kind of um, just sense of, like I said, sense of structure mm -hmm. and also community. Like a lot of what we're doing online and what we are going to put out is going to encourage those to engage with each other in our camp setting virtually, as well as maybe with your neighbors in a way that allows social distancing, but you know, it's some interaction and community there as well. Cause that really is what we're all about. I mean, 
the heart and soul of Bump Club is our community. And, you know, the information and the trust and authority is kind of the periphery. Well, also sounds like the heart and soul is about growth and innovation and changing with the times, because that's how you've really driven your company to the success where it is now. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, if you don't change with the times, you're not, I mean, you're not going to grow. You I mean, it's, you know, and we've, we've done so many audience surveys and studies and like, yes, that's great. And I think it's, it's very important to understand who your audience is and who is engaging with your brand. But it also is looking at the environment around you and like what is going on and how to adapt. And I know before we got on this, I said to you like, oh, like I loathe TikTok right now because my nine-year-old daughter is constantly wanting to be on it. But I do know and realize that eventually we will have to embrace that medium because it is a medium that is used by so many and those people will eventually be parents and we will have to be there too. So it's really trying to figure out where your audience is and what they need. I think a big example of change in audience um, for me was like when, when I first started this, I started this to build my own community and I found so many friends through Bump Club. I mean, so many of my mom friends are still close friends of mine and our kids are friends, which is amazing to me. Um, but when I first started, like only the moms came to our expectant parent dinners. Like it was just an expectant mom thing. Like you came once a month, you were with other expectant moms. We really created these very close friendships that like, I mean, even people who have moved away, were still in touch over social media and we have that bond, right? But then over the course of time, what I saw happening was people were like, be, like the moms became a little insecure and they wanted to bring their significant other and they didn't want to come alone. And it, it was just, I think, indicative of the generation. It, it was just, it, it was a different woman who was becoming a mom. And it's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a different thing. And so we had to create a space for the expectant dads too. And so we started slowly by allowing them to come to the expectant parent dinners on like certain topics, because we knew that like, we knew that certain women didn't really want to sit in a, in a room with other men talking about labor and delivery or breastfeeding or whatever it might be. So certain dinners, we allowed the dads to come. And then now the, the part, well, it's not just dads, the partners can now come to any of the, of the dinners. And we've really grown and evolved to be, you know, inclusive in that regard as well. So that was a huge change from the original part of Bump Club. And I think um, going into, you know, your learning and figuring out and maybe your current aversion to TikTok, I will say one of the things that I like that I'm seeing on TikTok is the fact that families are starting to be goofy together. They're spending time, they're learning dances together. They're doing, you know, different hijinks together. We even did a intern for our summer interns. We had applicants apply through TikTok we have them using their siblings, their parents as part of their videos. This is not something that if they were not in lockdown, they probably would be doing. So right. it's a really interesting time with yes. social media as a family unit. Right I now. totally agree with you. And I have seen so many family TikToks and I think a lot of families are utilizing it to grow closer, build bonds and you know, do something together as an activity. So I do, I, and I, so even as averse as I am to it, like I do think that that is a positive and I've seen some amazing videos come out of this time and to your point, they absolutely would not be happening yeah. if we were not in lockdown together. But I think that, and I think that like that 
it, it, this goes back to something that I've said to our community for the last eight weeks is, you know, I think we need to find the positives of COVID and figure out, you know, there has to be some good things that come out of this. And I do think that for the family unit, the, this pause has allowed the family unit to come back to the traditional family unit and not be pulled in a thousand directions after school with activities and commitments and whatnot. And we're having dinner together. We're talking more. We're doing things together more. Um, you know, we're spending all the weekends together. And, you know, yes, it can be a lot, but I think that it's really helping parents to reevaluate what's important and what's going to be important and how is it going to look when we come out the other side. And it's really putting people back in the demographic of the Gen Xers of how we grew up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had dinner with my family almost every night yeah. of the week. Um, and now, you know, before this, I would say we were maybe eating together two to three times a week, depending on like, if I was traveling, my husband's traveling activities, blah, blah, blah. So I don't think that it's all bad. I mean, I, you know, I, I think everyone would like to come out of this, me, me included sooner rather than later, but I, I, I think that the pause was necessary. So moving on to parenting and how to market to parents, because that is something that is absolutely your specialty. For our listeners who have, you know, product lines or companies that are catering to that parent, that mom, that dad, what are some of the mistakes that typically brands and advertisers make? Um, I think that the that a, mis that a big common mistake when marketing to parents is not finding a trusted party to help promote your product or not even just trusted, like a synergistic party. Mm -hmm. So I think what I see now, especially with the growth of influencers and Instagrammers and whatnot, I see brands who you know shell out a lot of money and a lot of product to put their hands in to put the product in the hands of someone who might not genuinely use it in real life mm -hmm. and it becomes just a post and that's it. And then the product is, is sold at the worst, which I, 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 I can't stand when that happens or, you know, given away or donated or whatever and never thought of again. And I think that marketers are, and, and brand managers really need to think like who would use this product and who would use it now and not just, you know, use it to make their one post, but use it to talk about it genuinely. Because I think that parents are just, they're very smart. Um, this generation of moms is very smart. They can read through the BS for sure. And they know when something's being sold to them. And I, I think it's very important to get people on board with your product and on board with your brand before you know, saying, I need you to post something by this day to just to get it out there and, you know, be seen by people. Because I don't think that that translates to sales, especially when you're looking at higher ticket items like car seats and strollers and cribs and in the baby space. And in the parent space, there are a lot of high ticket items as well, um, especially when you're looking at like things for kids' rooms and technology. And you really need someone who will stand behind your product. And we have always said at Bump Club that um, we wouldn't advertise something that we wouldn't as a team use. Mm -hmm. So like if, and, and, and we say it publicly, like our audience knows it. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I put my face on this brand. My team puts their faces on this brand. So if, if we're going to talk about a product, it better be a good product because mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, 
a millennial writer who's writing for a publication to get, you know, a stipend. I mean, it, it is actual recommendations and you better be able to back it up, especially to parents. There's a lot of liability and safety concerns that come along with these products. And so I think that that's just very important when you're, when you're wanting to create a genuine connection with parents. I think that that's I, really and truly that's been like the biggest thing that I've seen. And that's mm -hmm. actually been something that I've heard. Like, you know, I'll hear from brands like, oh, but I spent all this money on an influencer campaign and it didn't translate to sales. Yeah. And I think that also like it, it depends on your KPI also. I mean, it absolutely depends on your KPI. But I think that like if you are interested in driving sales, there needs to be some kind of accountability metric. There needs to be some kind of retail tie-in. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if, if sales is what you're looking to drive, you better you know, have something in place to drive it because it's not just going to be um, you know, a 30-second commercial online or a video or an Instagram post that's going to drive the sale. And it really is a full funnel. And you need to be able to you know, create that accountability or else you're not going to see the results. I think a lot of brands, beyond those that are parenting brands targeted, every brand, I will just tell you out there, you know, with few exceptions, have made mistakes along the way thinking that influencer marketing specifically is going to reap unbelievable sales. And unless you're a diet pill, a diet tea, a magic, whatever this might be, it doesn't. It's all about brand awareness. And, it's, and that's important. Brand awareness yes. is incredibly important. Yes. But it's not the bottom of the funnel part that actually triggers someone purchasing. Right. And that's to your point, like I'm, I'm not digging influencer yeah. marketing at all. Like yeah. we do it too. You know, we have a whole network of mom influencers yeah. that um, we work with to talk about bump club and to share yeah. our community and whatnot. But again, it's about brand awareness and it's about getting people to our website and getting people to understand what we do. And, yeah. and, but, and, but I also think that even when you're driving brand awareness, you still want to have, someone that is using your product oh, yeah. can talk about it genuinely. Of course. You know, I mean, if you go on an influencer's Instagram page and every single post is an ad, like, I don't know, like, that's not, I mean, that might drive likes and it might, yeah. but it, it, you know, I think there's just, you have to do it the right way. Yeah. And I think that it's, it is, it's not that it's so new because it's not so new anymore, but I think for a lot of brands, it's mm -hmm. a new concept and it's trying to figure out what it is that is going to work for their product and their brand. And I, and I, I do think though, that like when you are looking at baby specific and parenting, it is a little bit different than just general like marketing to women. Mm -hmm. um, just because of the nature of what you're buying, the investment you're making, mm -hmm. the safety concerns, like you only want the best for your child, which is different than like, if you were to buy like a mascara or a sweatshirt. You know what I mean? And now that I said that out loud, I'm going to be targeted all day long with mascara and sweatshirts of course. on social media. Yes. Maybe even a sweatshirt with a mascara, like maybe logo on it. Like all the universe will give you and deliver. No, I think, uh, you know, what you're saying about influencers is true. The authenticity is super, super key. And it's also, you know, the goal is not to work with an influencer who has done a thousand and one ads and just is in there for payola. And I think that's why we're seeing so many brands who are actually turning to the nano influencer, the micro influencer, because there's only so many people who have massive followings and they're getting right. inundated for brand partnerships. 
and their engagement levels actually start dropping. You have much higher engagement when you are working with real moms like you all are doing, who have a smaller base. It's their local community who are following them, um, but they have an authentic voice and their conversation actually means something. Plus they're generating content that the brand can then repurpose and reuse, which is the other benefit beyond brand awareness for that type of partnership. I think too that brands, um, the, the, a mistake I see brands, I guess, making now as well is that their brands are really getting like sucked into like only wanting to utilize Instagram or influencers. And that too, I think is a big mistake, especially when you are targeting um, moms and parents, because I think you're losing sight on the opportunity to educate them about your product. And I think that there are a lot of great ways to do so off of Instagram, whether it's through, you know, content pieces, through, you know, a publicity campaign, through um, traditional earned media, um, I think speaks volumes, especially when you're talking to this audience. Like if, you know, when you are, have a product placement on, you know, some great um, publication or on a great national website, I think that that is, there's something to be said for that too. Um, I mean, I also think in what we've seen recently in the last eight weeks is like, we've had a lot of conversations with brands on our Facebook page. And truthfully, I was a, like a little nervous when we first started because I was like, oh, like, is this going to come off as a commercial? And it's clearly sponsored and it's marked as mm -hmm. such, um, you know, but what I then started seeing was the, the people who were engaging with the videos and the live chats were like, oh my God, thank you so so much for allowing the brand to talk to us. Like we can't go into a store right now. So it's so great to be able to ask these questions and understand their product lines. And we've done it from everything from strollers and car seats to like diapers and wipes. And we've received tremendous engagement upon that. So I think that um, also it's to really diversify your output and your marketing plan and not just focus on like the likes and the, the followers. And the, and I think that so many, not just brands, but people in general get sucked into that. Like, well, we only have so many followers and it's so hard to, but like, but what are your followers doing? Because if they're engaging with you and they're, you know, creating conversation, that's what really matters. And, and I think that those things are important. So how can people learn more about Bump Club? Where should they go? Of course. So you can go on bumpclubandbeyond.com. Um, that's our website. We have a ton of great COVID resources. You know, if you're, for anyone who's like looking for things to do and entertain their kids and information um, amongst our normal everyday content. So that's bumpclubandbeyond.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Bump Club and Beyond and also on Instagram at Bump Club and Beyond. Um, and we really do a, a variety of content across all of our mediums. Like we very rarely do like the same thing on, um, you know, both, both, platforms or all three platforms. So um, we have great mom interviews right now going on. And like I said, live discussions with experts and just a whole host of things coming up for the summer. Um, so I, you know, if anyone has any questions, you can also always email me. My information is on the website and I do respond to a lot of our DMs, even though we have people helping me out. Um, I am very available and very in touch with our audience. Actually right this very minute with COVID. But and not traveling. Well, no, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> so it's so funny. I mean, yes, now more than ever. I, ironically, when I travel, I, I am so You're in more. touch with our audience yeah. because I'm like sitting on planes and in airports. Yeah. And at that time, I don't have my laptop out in front of me. Yeah. So I'm really able to 
you know, open up our Instagram and yeah. our Facebook and go through our DMs and talk to people and like answer comments. And, um, and I love, I really like love doing that. Like right now I'm going on, on Instagram every single night, almost I've taken some nights off and like just having like a conversation in our stories, mm -hmm. asking questions, getting people's pulses, checking people's pulse. And I really love the responses that I'm getting. And I love going back and forth and talking to the audience. I mean, I learn so much about what our audience needs from those conversations. And a lot of the content that we're putting out right now comes directly from those conversations. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, Bump Club is your baby and yes. you are very much so reflected in your brand. Um, you are a great conversationalist. You have lots of insight. You're very friendly. And I know that also is reflected in what you have actually created as an educational platform, which is Thank you. terrific. Thank you so much. Yeah. This has been so much fun. Thank yeah. you for having me on. Of course. Any last parting words of advice? Because I mean, I could keep on talking to, with you. I could tell you. Oh, I can go down more about the remote workers. We could go on about parenting. We could go even into what's it like when your company's bought out. But yeah, you know, I, always, I have like a lot of little nuggets of advice that I tend to give, but I will say that one of the biggest things I give for brands and for, um, you know, entrepreneurs and for business owners mm -hmm. is not to overthink it. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people ask me on a regular basis, like, well, what was your business plan? I didn't have a business plan. Like I wanted community and support. And so like I started hosting events and I learned as I went. You know, it's a little bit different when you're not, you know, you don't, you're not manufacturing products and you're not putting, you know, inventory and, and money into inventory. It's very different. But, um, you know, I think that just like go with your gut, test it out. And if it doesn't work, you make changes. Like you're not going to always win. It's not going to always be a success. And like, that's okay. But like learn from your mistakes and adjust accordingly because then you will get ahead and you will further yourself. But I think that when people really like, you know, are like, eh, they want this perfect business plan and this perfect execution. There is no such thing. And it, that really holds you back and it bogs you down. If you have an idea, go with it. Perfect. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I hope you stay safe and sane until we next chat.